0: You're listening to The Mind Podcast.
1: Hi there. Today we're joined by a wonderful couple who opened up about their struggles with mental health, parenting, and risking it all to find love. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Do you guys want to introduce yourself real quick?
2: Sure. So I'm Jamie Otis Hayner,
0: And I'm Doug Hainer. Hey, Doug. Hey. <laughs> Yes, and we were on the we were on the very first season of Married at First Sight, so we we were the guinea pigs of the show, and one of the reasons for the success that the show has had, um, we <laughs> take full credit for that. Um, no, but it's been a wild journey. Six, you know, a little over six years ago, and, and we've been married. We've gone through a, a couple of seasons, and and now we have two kids, and trying to figure that out. So that's where
1: we Yeah. They need a manual to come with.
2: <laughs> yeah. I got to say, this is obviously not an ad or anything, but like I recently started following this account called Big Little Feelings as far as like parenting and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I feel like they give you a manual for just the toddler stage, but I have a that's toddler. A so that's- yeah, we- exactly. Like that's the stage I need. Do you guys have kids?
3: Yeah. We've yeah. got a four year old, and then uh, our other son, he's 16 months old. So, they're both kind of like at that toddler stage one's mm-hmm. just kind of coming out and he knows everything and you can't tell him nothing and the other one he's not even really talking yet but uh, he's he can communicate that's for sure uh, yeah
2: <laughs> he screams at the oh they come the out of the womb communicating right yeah. right <laughs> which
1: is good but yeah <laughs> for five seconds can I think
0: yeah
1: mm. um yeah So I don't know if you guys both have had struggles with mental health. Obviously, that's what we really wanted to touch base on. Um, So if one of you guys would like to start. Sure. Yeah.
2: So, you know, mental health has been, well, first and foremost, I feel like, There's such a stigma associated with mental health. And I think it's amazing that you guys have created this platform for people to be able to talk about their struggles that they've had with it and to just, I don't know, to kind of come together and feel like they're not alone because there are so many quote unquote flaws that we have and mental health tends to be the one that you don't really share because there's such a stigma associated with it. I mean, even me, myself, I mean, I'm more willing to show up like naked on Instagram than I am to talk about like. The, kind of like the, the, the thoughts that go on in my head that I'm not necessarily like proud of and uh, that I can't seem to control or like, you know, whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, I first was diagnosed with, po- or I was first diagnosed with uh, depression and anxiety when I had custody of my younger sisters. Um, and I, I was, a, I was in college and I like knew that I was a little anxious, but I didn't like realize the extent of it. And so anyways, I was definitely diagnosed. I don't know. I think I was like 19 or 20 years old when I had custody of them. And so it was a long time ago. And I remember that when, when I took medicine for the first time, I mean, they gave, she gave me, um, I don't know, Prozac or Zoloft or something like that. And I took it and I remember feeling happy for no good reason. And it scared the bejesus out of me. Like I was like, I think something's wrong with me. I have no reason to be happy. Like, and I stopped taking it because I was so terrified of this happiness that I had never really felt for no good reason. And, you know, looking back now, it makes me like almost like cry for that little girl because it's like, are you kidding me? Like you had no, now that I, I feel so far removed from my younger self because I've, I'm, you know, I no longer struggle with like finances and things of that nature and like my mom, like needing her and things like that. So, um, Anyway, so there's, it's, it's been a a very tumultuous, uh, coaster of a ride for me because I obviously went off it and then I got really depressed again and and so anxious. And so then, you know, the doctor recommended it. And the reason that I went off, it was a, it was such an uncomfortable feeling to feel happy for no reason, but also I was scared of the side effects. I, you know, I I went to nursing school, so I'm a nurse and I know that every medication has a slew of side effects. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't, I'd rather like, I thought I could do this by myself and I could fight it and all that. Well, newsflash with when there's a chemical imbalance, and this is what I say now to anybody who's kind of opposed to taking medication, which I totally understand. I mean, I was there. Uh, I always say like, if your heart wasn't functioning right and the doctor told you to take a medication, you don't care what you know, the side effect is because you need your heart to function. Right. Yeah. And yeah. same thing for your brain. Like if you, if your brain isn't functioning right, and it is such an important organ in our body and you know, you're, it's not functioning the way that it should be. You genuinely need it to function. And so if your doctor recommends a medication, I highly recommend following through with that, you know? And I, I,
0: I think another layer to that though, is once, once you yes. have responsibility outside of yourself, you have to, you have to be able to take care of yourself before you could even consider taking care of anything or anybody. I don't care if yeah. it's a pet or a fish or whatever. <laughs> um, you, you, your mind is, you can go into such a isolated place. And then when you get to that place, which happens a lot with depression, you, you, you stay by yourself. You don't want to tell anybody. You don't necessarily take the first step to, to talk to somebody through it. And sometimes it is a chemical imbalance and sometimes you have to take medicine is yeah. the only way to, to get out or level yourself or normalize yourself or whatever your normal is. Um, everybody's going to be a little bit different, but I think, you know, when, when you have responsibilities other than yourself, you have to, it, it's something that you have to be aware
2: of. But also, yeah. even if you think you have no responsibilities, but yourself, like this is your one body, your one life, Mm -hmm. your one chance to live. Like, why not live happy? You know? And if you think that, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of therapy as well. So like, I think there should be no stigma to therapy, to the medication. It should be the same things. If your heart's not working, you know, you take medication, no one frowns upon that. No one judges you for that. If your brain's not working and you need medication, you know, or physical therapy or mental therapy, you yeah. know, uh, you know, physical therapy, if your, your legs aren't working is never frowned mm-hmm. upon, but if you're, brain isn't working and you want to go to therapy, some some reason there's a stigma associated with that? Because it's
0: not a physical thing.
2: Yeah, you can't see it. It's not something
0: that, you know, you can test really. You know, I don't know if there's a test for um any depression other than just a checklist. And a lot of people just don't understand it or, you know, don't they don't necessarily see the signs because when you get in front of people and um I I do this all the time and working in sales um, I could be depressed. I could, I could, but I, when I get to work, I could function. I could mm-hmm. be that person. That's, you know, the sales guy, I could be the person at work that can mingle with coworkers, but then when I get home, I don't want to do anything. You know, it takes me such an effort to get up and out of bed. And this was going, you know, uh, a while ago, and and I've been on, um, antidepressants for, I want I don't know, eight years now. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of People see me as a very happy person, and you know because I I can be, um, you know, and and I don't have it as severe as as some, which I'm fortunate of, but um, I I do think that there's you know it it's there's no harm in finding or figuring out more about it or um, learning how to recognize it, which is so difficult. Um, and then there's also the flip side where it's like, do you have a support system that would be honest to tell you that there's something off about it, or um, there's really not a lot of people. And I think part of the stigma is how do you say it in a delicate way? How do you tell somebody that they in a very easy, non-confrontational way that, you know, I feel like yeah. you're not okay or i feel yeah. like you're not right yeah that's a good
2: question it's
0: really really difficult to try to bring that up to somebody and i and i think that's part of the whole stigma is, you know not discussing it's one thing not discussing that you're on antidepressants or that you're a depressed person nobody talks about it's what how dynamic. is it yeah how are you able to tell somebody that they are depressed or that you think that they're depressed without it being a personal attack and right. i'm uh, i i tell this to jamie sometimes too where it's like you know i don't if i'm depressed i don't want somebody to come to me and say let's go run let's let's go <laughs> hike let's let's,
2: let's do be something happy like, <laughs> fuck you i'm sorry um you're
0: okay. F you like i'm like that just puts me in a, a defensive mode immediately yeah um you know so it's it, it it's a very you gotta tread lightly sometimes
1: Right. Or else they'll kind of retreat back into mm. probably back into further depression. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you know, but there's... I don't know if
0: there's, if it's like, if it's like um, kind of being on, on drugs or an alcoholic, it's like, you know, is there a, a depression rock bottom, you know, like is there a, a point in people's lives where they say I'm going to make a change, you know, or is it the people that are around them that are, you know, making that change, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a weird
2: spot. I feel like it's both. I feel like some people do hit rock bottom and just need and like recognize that they need something and they're willing to maybe start therapy or exercise more. Or, I mean, it's so hard though, when you're depressed, like, like literally like I can't get out of bed. Like I don't want to go for a run, you know, Mm -hmm. or like I don't know. And like even therapy, like, I mean, I actually just started therapy myself and the first, like, again, I've been on it on and off it for many, many times. And, um, and I've just, you know, I was recently diagnosed with postpartum depression. So like, I guess on top of like my oh, mental illness. And so anyways, um, I, I, our very first meeting, I mean, my hair is just greasy. I'm in my glasses. I have no makeup on. Oh, and she was probably like, <laughs> holy crap this girl something's wrong with her I mean I was like in my pajamas and it was four o'clock in the afternoon and I'm sure I (laughs) stunk but she couldn't smell me so that was good because it was like a tele you know doctor thing (laughs) but um which I mean which is probably why I didn't like if I had to leave the house I would have tried to like tidy myself up a little bit but i was i like just didn't have the energy like sometimes you just don't and that's why it's like don't judge the people who are at the grocery store or wherever with their greasy hair and like makeup down their face and they stink like maybe they're really hurting inside you know judge them behind
0: their backs
3: that's what you do and today like everything is covered by a filter so i'm sure 20 30 years ago people were a lot more open and honest about things. Nowadays, every, everybody's got a filter on and all you see on social media is everybody's happy. Everybody's in their you know perfect world, but you don't actually get to see what's going on in their lives. And just cool. to speak out and say you're having an issue is, is absurd in today's society because you're supposed to have this per- picture perfect life like right. everybody yeah. sees mm-hmm. on social media. So I think a lot of it is just systemic and it,
0: it has to do with a, a lot of the social media stuff.
2: Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. But
0: you know, there's also an issue with how expensive it is to find help. Um, you know, which I think yeah. a lot of people they just assume they can't afford getting the help that they need. Or, you know, if if I have to take medication, okay, well that's another expense that that mm-hmm. I have on. And if if I'm a depressed person and I'm not vo- motivated to to work, or if I'm not, mo- you know, it's like it's tough to get out of that rut without. You know when it when it's so expensive to find help, or maybe it's just perceived to be expensive. But yeah, stuff.
1: Right, right. Well, uh, I mean, I work for a county. I work for our county, so I know that we help a lot of people. That's Um, amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's Mm -hmm. awesome. But I do think the the cost is something that people think about because you're like you said, you're going to pay for a heart medication. But you might not pay for an antidepressant or
2: mm-hmm.
1: whatever you need.
3: Well, just the thought of the fear of having to pay for something—that's just added anxiety,
0: you know. <laughs> it's yeah, right. It a little worse. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's- I mean, even if—if if whether the insurance companies think that it's elective, um, you know—I I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of insurances out there that'll cover some of that. But I, I think it needs to become more of a. A wellness visit you know if if that can happen or if it's not already happening i don't know but yeah
1: i think some places it does and different doctors are different some people Mm -hmm. um some doctors i've had put a lot of emphasis in it and others it's almost like they don't think it exists sometimes it's very interesting yeah you
3: guys you guys touched back on uh some responsibilities you know that kind of brought on some anxiety uh you mentioned that you um you had custody of your two younger sisters
2: yeah so when I was um well when I was 19 all three of my younger siblings came to live with me um because my mom had you know quite honestly like it's uh you know, depression and anxiety and mental illness in general runs in my family. And my mom struggles, uh, with bipolar and she also uses drugs. And so she, but you know, like a little background on her is that she's had like a real rough life. I mean, my grandma dropped her off at the neighbor's house who then proceeded to molest her. And like my mom, my mom didn't like, like my grandma just like kind of left her two different times, uh, when she was a child. So she had like a lot of issues and she chose to be with men who are physically abusive to her. And so like my stepdad would literally like, I mean, I can tell you some crazy stories with my stepdad and the different ways he tried killing her, (laughs) which is terrible. Um, but, um, you know, that all tat like plays a role on your psyche. And my mom just didn't have much of a support system. And so she ended up turning to drugs for uh, her coping mechanism. And, inevitably like we are kids while well, she's out on drug binges. And so the house had like no heat, no electricity. It, there was no food. We were just like running around. And I, I remember I was um, 19 and I was like, I'm getting out of here. Like I'm done. I don't want to li-, like, I wanted to make something of myself and be somebody or, you know, do something. And so I, you know, I worked as a waitress I was a freshman in college, but literally like a few weeks later, my mom, was like, can you please, so I, and I, also, and I also started renting this, um, trailer that my grandparents owned, and so, um, I, uh, I remember my mom just asked if I, if she could, um, like, write a note for the kids to get off the school bus at my house, because, like, the place that we were all living was officially, like, they, like, locked the doors, would not let her get back in it, because they tried evicting her for so many times, and my mom just, like, like, wasn't listening. And so, and the, you know, we were, the kids were there and stuff. So long story short, they came to live with me. And, um, and that's kind of how it started where I developed custody of them. But um, I guess, like, I guess, like, something that I think is important to touch base on is the fact that people who have mental illnesses, um, you know, if you don't have a good coping mechanism, and if you surround yourself with people who also, might be struggling as well and don't have the coping mechanisms that you can find yourself. I mean, this is why we have an opiate opioid crisis. Like you're looking for a happiness and like, I don't know, like that next like high or something to make you feel good about yourself. Or to
0: forget g- about everything.
2: Yes. And so it's so important to find yourself you know, a community where you really, I mean, this is why I think this podcast is so great because it really is important to find yourself a community of people who are understanding where you're going from people who have healthy uh, coping mechanisms because you don't want to get stuck in that rut because, you know, my mom is a great person. She did not mean to become a drug addict and never, you know, and completely abandon her kids. Like, I don't think that she had, that was not her goal, you know, but inevitably that's what happens. And so you have to be careful, um, you know, um, you know, that's kind of like a scary thing to say, but it's true. I think it's really important to make sure you do like seek out therapy and help so that you and, don't and just and just have a good decisions.
3: support structure, people that yes. are around you that you can, you can rely on. Right. That aren't gonna yeah, uh, yeah. You know, put you in a hard. Otherwise situation. you might
2: exactly. Otherwise, I feel like you might make decisions that you're not proud of. And my mom, I think, would be the first person to say that she's made decisions that she uh, you know, wasn't very proud of, but mm. um, you know, she's trying you know, she's trying her best now.
1: Right. Well, that's (laughs) you bring up a very interesting point of, you know, nobody really intends to have bad coping skills or mechanisms. We just kind of, we fall into wherever we're at. And, you know, if it works at that moment, it's fine. Even though it might not be good in the end. (laughs) I
3: I also think it's human nature to try to do things on your own, you know, Mm -hmm. and you might not have all the answers. So you're trying to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Um, So when, when you've got good people around you, you have to be really careful. You got to find the right people because birds of a feather flock together. If, Mm -hmm. if if you're in a bad situation and the people around you keep putting you into those situations, you need to, you need to spread your wings and find another flock. Yeah. I th- honestly, a lot of a lot of times, I know several people who are, are struggling with mental health and drug addiction, but they refuse to pull themselves out of that situation simply by just finding different people to spend your time with. It it's it's incredibly um, important, I think. To yeah. Be be surrounded by good people, you know. Yeah. Do your best at least.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like
0: you know, misery breeds company. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know that's that's just loves it. Company. Yeah. yeah, I liked it when he said it better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's anything with energy. <laughs> <floor. laughs>
1: oh man. Um, so, other than medication and therapy, what are some coping skills that you guys utilize, personal or maybe even some together?
2: Um, honestly, and you know what's so interesting is like sometimes I feel like depression and anxiety just comes sneaks up on you. Right. And so then you kind of get stuck in a rut and you're not using any coping mechanism. And that's kind of where I've feel like I've been at myself. anyways, with this postpartum depression thing, like, like, man, it's been really rough for me. And I'm, so I, like I said, I only just started therapy uh, last week. um, And
0: I think it's nice knowing, you know, something, something that's very special that not everybody has, but I think when you have someone that you feel is just unequivocally never judgmental, never going to judge you for what you say or do or anything. Um, and I, I was always too prideful to say any of that. Um, I would just try to deal with it on my own. Um, it wasn't until Jamie was able to really just say, well, listen, I'm, I'm I don't know why, but I'm just really depressed, you know, <laughs> um, and that'll come up and, and, you know, it's, it's nice knowing that she feels comfortable enough to say that because I, I don't judge. And um, you know, it's always nice to even say it, but know that somebody's there if needed mm-hmm. um, even if it's not like professional help. Um, I think that, you know, that's kind of how we cope. Um, yeah. You know, it's just knowing where each other's at at all times
1: right. mentally. Right. That's, that's huge. Cause a lot of people don't have that. Um, even in a lot of marriages, you don't, you don't see that. Like the, the person is very uncomfortable being who they are around their spouse which blows my mind, but
3: not me. No.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I, I think com- communication is key in, yeah. in yeah. being successful in anything. If, if you don't know what's going on on the other side, how are you supposed to really work, work things out? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Mental illness. If you're not, if you're not willing to come forth about, you know, some feelings you're having, um, then there's no
0: real, real way that it's going to work itself out and it doesn't. Oh, and then work you leave it up well. to, yeah. when you leave it up to interpretation, it's, you know, most of the time when people think that you're thinking something, they're wrong. Yeah,
2: yeah that's absolutely. actually something. That's actually something that Doug has taught me a lot um because I, th- I think a side effect of uh, depression and anxiety is consistently wondering what other people are thinking about you and feeling like everybody's judging you and one thing that Doug when
0: nobody cares. yeah when
2: actually cares. no one's thinking no about one you thinking about they're thinking about themselves like <laughs> mm-hmm. people are so nar- nar- not I don't really narcissistic but like it's just our human nature to like think about ourselves and so um
0: i know she's saying this about me and Mm -hmm. i know that they're saying this when we arrived late it's like nobody cares actually no one even noticed
2: or cares because you're not that important to them you're the only
0: one thinking that yeah (laughs) yeah
1: oh my goodness um what kept you guys motivated in your darkest point i'm curious about that not not so much more so before you had kids because i know everyone says kids motivates them
2: obviously yeah
0: i think it's not wanting to let the other person down um really yeah what
2: was your darkest point doug
0: well it was you that's it like it was just not want. not me yeah like like what do you mean well no like if like not wanting to disappoint you and wanting to like we both wanted the same goal we both wanted to to be happy together and
2: but when was your darkest point like
0: Oh, I don't know. Um, But Well, (laughs) I mean, it was while we were having Henley.
2: Yeah, that was pretty Um,
0: bad. You know, that was like a dark point. And it was like, you know, it was just, it was just disaster after disaster.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: Well, when we were pregnant with Henley, uh, with our our daughter, um, Doug lost his job. And I was working like four jobs while pregnant. And, uh, you know, just it was just a tough it, we had just tried yeah. buying a house we had just bought a house and so it was just terrible timing and right. obviously he lost his job so then he lost insurance and then we had to try to figure out how to have health insurance while we're trying to make sure we have a you know have we're gonna have a baby and yeah it was very it was that was definitely yeah. a very uh low point so sometimes
3: you just need a kick in the ass
2: yeah he needed well, that a
3: responsibility kick the- weighs heavy man
0: um mm-hmm. for anybody It's wanting a change, though, too. You know, you gotta want to change. Yeah,
1: right, right. You have to be in that that mindset to where you're you're primed and you're ready to accept change.
2: Yeah, it's it's
1: hard
2: work. Changing is hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say. I feel like for me, I was like, I was just trying to think like, what was my lowest moment in life? Like, I I don't really know. Um. And like, what's interesting is obviously I went through an awful lot when I had custody of my siblings and like going to court with my mom to get, to get that custody and, um, and all of that. But that, that really wasn't my lowest point in life. As a matter of fact, I feel like sometimes, I don't know. I feel like I was like such a, I mean, obviously I was very anxious and depressed and like overwhelmed for everything that was going on. But sometimes when you have a very busy life, the busyness kind of really helps like just like hot, like just like almost like disguise the depression. Like no doubt when it started to get slower again, I remember like I would show up late to nursing school like consistently. And I was assuming that everybody Mm -hmm. thought that I was, wasn't taking it serious, but, um, obviously I was taking it seriously. I just was so depressed. Um, but I think my darkest point was definitely when we lost our son, Jonathan, our first baby. And, um, And I honestly, I think that the best thing that helped me through it, because I was trying to think of like, really, like what did really help me? Like what could help other people? And I think the first thing that's really helpful is to not like, to not hold whatever it is that's like making you depressed inside, but to speak about it and to share about it in some way, shape, or form, whether it's like maybe a Facebook group or I don't know a book club or whatever you know, however you, like whoever well, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, who, however you hang out with people, <laughs> and um, because I I would have never shared about what happened with Jonathan if I hadn't already been we had already announced it on the Today Show, and so yeah. the whole world knew we were pregnant, and so. I probably I would I mean it was taboo to talk about losing a pregnancy like no one talks about that but I had no right. choice but to talk about it and turns out that helped me tremendously because a I could like let it off my chest but b right. people would also share their stories of loss and then also their stories of hope of of getting pregnant and actually having a successful pregnancy afterwards and that I cannot even tell you how much that helped me. I mean, people would come to my Instagram and like share their stories. And I mean, it was just, it made me feel so much less alone. And like when I said they, you know, they would share about their rainbow babies, which is a pregnancy after loss. It, I was like, oh my God, they like, it could happen for me too. Because when you're so far in the depths, you think that there is no way out and you're never going to see happiness again. So then when you hear about someone who's been in that depth and they did get out, you're like, wow, actually maybe there is happiness at the other side. So I think that depending on like what you're you're down in the dumps about, um, I don't think it actually even really matters if you can just try to be a little open to maybe not like, the extent that I have, you know, have been, which is like with everybody, but yeah. like just with somebody so you can get it off your chest.
1: Yeah, no, that's huge. I think people really underestimate uh just talking about it just yeah. being open even if you're just open with one person a friend your mom your dad your grandma Sometimes
2: or even
0: you know, like a video diary
2: yeah journaling know, like, so yeah. many just
0: getting people, it off generally. your chest yeah so many yeah. people would start like there's been so many examples of people starting um like a vlog and then just all of a sudden people are picking it up left and right and then you have this community of people that people want to help um, you know, right. but not everybody wants to reach out for help.
2: Yeah. So. But I like the idea of even if you don't want to share it ever, but you, like you don't have, or you feel like you have nobody to share it with, share it with yourself, just either journal or you can, and if you're not into that, you could re- audio record yourself. You could, I mean, there's a bazillion different ways. Just get it off your chest in some mm-hmm. way, shape or form. Right. Yeah, it's right.
1: Often. Yeah. No, that's, it's hard to do. Um, even journaling Just opening up with yourself can be kind of Mm -hmm. difficult because it's like, do I really want to admit this? That's
0: what makes it real. That's what brings Mm it to the, to like an actual thing.
1: Yeah. Where it's not in your head anymore. Mm
0: -hmm. Right.
1: (laughs) It's in, it's in real life now. Yeah. Um, So I give it a,
0: give it a new place to live. That's what I say. That's
1: That's perfect. I Mm. love that. Get yeah. it out of your head and give it a new home.
0: Yeah, I give it a new that. home.
1: That's cute. I just made
0: that up. I don't always say that. <laughs> You're awesome, Doug. <laughs> it sounds great, though. <laughs> it
1: does sound great. It, it does sound fantastic. Up. You should write a
2: book. <laughs> yeah, he should. I'm a talent of that. He <laughs> hasn't <I've> been listening.
1: <laughs> hey, why not? You guys already have a great platform. You might as well, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think so.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Let's see. I don't... I know you guys said you needed to cut it short. So uh, do you guys know how much time you have left or? Yeah, like maybe 15 minutes or so.
0: Yeah, I might perfect. have to head out a little bit earlier, but yeah.
1: That's okay, that's perfect. Um, mm. I want to know if, just kind of maybe not so much in the mental health topic, but is there any misconceptions about you guys that you might wanna debunk for anybody listening?
2: One moment, we should close that door for their audio. Just for you guys, because my daughter is in the background. I don't know if you guys can hear it or not.
1: No,
2: I don't want, I don't know if that will bother your audio or not. Um, but you anyways, have kids. it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, any myths about us that we want to debunk? Hmm. Well, can you tell us any myths that are out there, Erica?
1: <laughs> I haven't heard any. I mean, I think you guys are pretty well liked
0: for the most
2: part. Well, I mean. That I did have an assumptions thing the other yeah. day, and people have a lot of assumptions about us. So I guess oh, let's see what you, some you people, can go off some of those. Yeah, what what, what was some of the assumptions? Oh, pe- well, some people said, "I think you are you never argue, you never fight." I'm like, I don't know anybody who never argues or never fights. Of oh, course, we do.
3: Sometimes you just need it to spice things up, right?
2: Right. You just you just need <laughs> yeah. the arguments you can kiss and make up. Just kidding. That's that's very unhealthy. <laughs>
0: um yeah
2: what else was the assumption Doug um
0: that we have uh that we have a lot of money oh yeah
2: someone thinks we have a lot of money and honestly we're definitely not struggling the way I mean I know struggle I've been there I mean like I told you earlier like we were Mm. literally being evicted I had to pull out like literally like I would look under the cushions in throughout my car looking for spare change to grab like a loaf of bread and that is literally above my reality but you know so like I'm not going to say we don't have money I mean we're, we're sitting in our second home in Florida however you know we're not millionaires like we work very very hard for everything that we have and um, I
0: still work I still have a job
2: yeah but I was that uh, was another one oh yeah they were wondering if they thought he didn't have a job we're both always going to have a job. Like we love to work. I love Mm -hmm. working. And it's so like, you know, we're not millionaires, but we're definitely living a little bit more comfortably than, well, definitely more so than I ever have in my whole entire life. Um, so, and sometimes I, sometimes I don't necessarily love that not to, it's something it's, it's funny when you meet like something different in life, whether it's, you have more money or you have less money, it's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel necessarily, you think that like you want it, you want it, you want it. Right. As far as like having more. Um, but then when you have it, it's, it's, it's just interesting because, you know, it's, it doesn't necessarily feel good per se. Like money really, when they say money doesn't bring happiness, it is very, very true. I can like, I mean, (laughs) I mean, I, what Doug, (laughs) why are you laughing at me?
0: You ever see somebody unhappy on a jet ski? <laughs>
2: that doesn't mean you have money if you have a jet ski, but like it, it does make it easier. Don't get me wrong. But like the yeah. fact that I still struggle with depression and I no longer have to worry about like paying my bills per se, like I know I can pay my bills and buy groceries, which is incredible. Like yeah. I think
0: I, I think it's somewhat different for us in a way, just like, in the beginning, you want to put out your lives as something that's like happy all the time. And, you know, you look good with the lighting and you look great. And that was something that we, we really shared everything. Um, Mm -hmm. so there's not that many things that are out there that people don't know or have seen, like they've seen us look horrible. (laughs) They've seen us with depression. They've seen us, you know, at a low point they've, we, we put it out there. So it's, you know, there's not much room left for interpretation um right. you know with the with the different avenues we have to reach out with people uh, yeah. which is kind of our own therapy too in a way yeah right. um but yeah I, I mean it's yeah we're just we're not perfect yeah that's <laughs> very true. far from it yeah <laughs> no nope.
1: no one's asking you guys to be
0: <laughs> no no
1: well maybe. I mean I'm
0: I'm a little bit more perfect than but you know, <laughs> that confidence that helps yeah yeah <laughs> That do,
2: you
1: too. Feel, do you guys feel that being on married at first sight took a toll on your mental health at all like it had to be hard
2: oh my god yeah are you kidding me so when our season aired people hated me because i wasn't immediately in love with this beautiful soul sitting next to me i, I remember
3: and- feeling a little bit of that like come on now it's doug's a cool dude yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah. So what you felt, but times 10 people really hated me yeah. because they thought that I was very shallow for even like for many, you know, on many levels. And honestly, and six
0: months later, we're what she's getting upset. And I'm just like, we're together. <laughs> we're still together. Like, you know, yeah. it's like,
2: but it's the way that I think I, I handled things. And honestly, you know, looking back now. You wanted
0: people to love you. I
2: wanted, I'm such a people pleaser and I've always wanted love and acceptance probably because my mom did abandon me. And so, um, you know, I did always want love and acceptance. Um, But I also didn't want to be fake for TV and I didn't want to pretend that I was so in love with this guy because there's cameras rolling. And I wanted to be very honest about how I was feeling, but not even just for me, but for him. Like, I wouldn't want him to like, I don't know to like later on see that I actually wasn't happy with him. Or I, I don't know. I always wanted to be very very honest about this the whole thing, and so and so I was, but that came off looking terrible. Like I looked well, I'm so. I'm sure jealous. the
3: producer liked it. I bet <laughs> yeah, <ate> it up. <laughs> A good story. Yeah. Line. So
2: I mean, yeah. uh, so that didn't work. I mean, it worked out, I guess, because we're still together. But it didn't really work out in the sense that, like, man, people really like took to Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, and they just really like did not like me. Yeah, but um, now look
3: at you, endurance. You got endurance from it. Right? Th- well, that's
2: very true. Yeah, um but yeah, it's true. Like, I mean, it, it, fortunately, I like was really lucky because I had a husband like Doug I'm literally like he, like <laughs> crying and snotting all over his shoulder like they think I don't love you and they think this and that They think I'm shallow and am I shallow and you know like am- bad person yeah, i don't know focus
0: on two out of the one thousand. 000 comments. now
2: i'm pretty sure there was like 500 out of a thousand at that yeah, point even
0: like, so you still got um,
2: 500 good ones that's true and that's a question of looking at the cup half full or half empty right <laughs> right but have something yeah uh but to answer your question yeah it's definitely taken it's a, it's very very difficult to live in the limelight like that um at least it was in the very beginning but now it's it's honestly really not that difficult because we are literally the same person on and off camera like on and off social media so you know it's so funny because in the beginning you know I really was like someone who thought I thought that like you had to look pretty you know all the time and have yourself put together and whatnot and then um slowly I just stopped I was like I just can't even keep up with this charade like I can't be Kardashian West, like I'm just not her, and I don't even know how she can do it. Like it's, I I don't know how anybody help. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's exactly it. And so I think when, like, that is so freeing. And so when you're really truly yourself on camera, off camera, on social media, off social media, so much less stress and so much less anxiety because like you like me for who I am, or you don't, and that's okay if you don't. Like you know, not you're not you're not for everybody.
1: Right. Right. Do you feel like it helped you uh, love yourself a little more?
2: I feel like, uh, I feel like that's something that like, I'm still currently like working on is loving myself. Like truly, you know, um, I feel like self-love is such a journey, right? Like it's, it's really like, it's not like one day you flip a switch and and you start to like, you love yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, it's really such a journey and it's one that I'm on myself right now because w- w- It's
0: w- easier said than done.
3: Yeah, yeah, it really is. I feel you like make time for it You gotta make time for it every day There's gotta be something you do that makes you feel good about being you, you know,
2: yeah Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I couldn't agree more Um, which is hard to do when you have kids and you have a job and you know COVID, COVID <laughs> and the pandemic and whatnot, but it is important. It really is yeah.
1: It so is now doug. Do you feel like uh, being on the show affected you.
0: Yeah, I, I uh, in in a positive way. Um, I never I never used to share my feelings or talk about it in present time, you know, and the show kind of forced me to speak with experts and forced me to talk about the same thing over and over and <laughs> over again. Um, you know, so it, it helped me be a better communicator. for That's sure
1: awesome. That's awesome, which is like he said, so important for marriage. Because where are you mm-hmm. at if you can't communicate? Well, in
3: business, it, I mean, everything. I, I run a, a, a convenience store. It's also a restaurant. I do it. Uh, my uncle, he owns it all. So uh, when you've got a staff and you're not communicating, it, you're not going to do very well, you know? Yeah. It has to go both ways, too.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you, can't
3: just, you can't just expect me to tell you everything and then not, I need something, you know, some feedback. I need to know what's going on, yeah. you know? Yeah. So... Right. Well, um, do you guys have anything going on in the future you want to let any any of us know about or?
2: Yeah, well, I am creating a course called Become Body Positive, and I'm really excited about that. That's going to be launching. My goal is in February. Let's hope and pray I can actually make that happen. So February of 2021, because I know podcasts are evergreen. So yeah. maybe someone's listening to this, you know, in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> but then also we are on married at first sight couples cam which is yeah. i was telling you earlier about erica it's just mm-hmm. a fun show on lifetime uh lifetime network with uh, we
0: film ourselves
2: yeah we literally film ourselves and yeah. um so that's fun what else doug and oh I'll, doug uh, youtube doug your yeah. youtube channel
0: yeah so i've um i've started uh with the i wanted to create i saw henley kind of watching youtube and watching mm-hmm. the st- videos over and over and over again um and i was taking some of the same videos um you know with her and her playing and everything so um i wanted to create something where she could learn we can do things together so i am starting a um, youtube channel for kids where it's gonna be just family fun learning toys everything yeah Um, so starting that soon so uh yeah, we're going to launch. I don't have a date yet. Um, we're still kind of working on that, but we're finalizing a lot of the videos that I already shot and it
3: should be soon. Yeah. Can't wait. We got two kids, so they'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll yeah, enjoy they'll
0: it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, they something. It. Yeah, for sure.
2: That's awesome. Well, let,
1: let us know when you guys do all that because I'm going to have a post up on our Instagram and I'll make sure to add those things in over time. Okay, awesome. cool. Oh. Thanks yeah spread the word the whole point is to help people be successful you know yeah spread positivity that's all i want
2: yeah especially with stuff holy moly we need more of it right
1: (laughs) Yes, it's hard but we'll get through it you always do you always find some way to fight
2: it all works out it always works out in the end
1: right Uh, well thank you guys for great having you guys appreciate Um, it
3: you guys are awesome. Yes. I uh, can't wait to, to see what comes uh, comes up in the future with you guys. And uh, hopefully, maybe down the road, we guys we can have you back on and kind of see how things are going with you guys. Yeah,
2: it's a follow-up. Yeah, I'd love-
3: Just
2: yeah, let we us had know. A great time. Yeah, thank you so much for having and us on. A, uh,
0: great meeting yeah. you guys. And you guys are you killing too. it.
2: Thank Not you. Profesh. <laughs> <it. laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, thank you. Have a wonderful day, guys.
2: You All right, too. you too. Thanks. Bye, guys. Thanks. Good
1: luck. Bye. Thanks for listening today. Please go show Jamie and Doug some love on their Instagram and their podcast. And check out our Instagram for other guest episodes and more. So-